Brilliant. Thanks so much, Amy. What a wonderful time of worship. And um, I just want to pick up really from uh, that word that Charlene gave just a moment ago, because I want to speak under the title this morning, Everybody Gets to Play. Everybody Gets to Play. Uh, Last week was Vision Launch Sunday, and um, it was really a celebration service. Uh, We had an opportunity to welcome some people joining us from St. Peter's Broccoli, um, and we prayed for them. We prayed for us as a church together. As we've come together, the graft uh, has come into the tree. We prayed for the tree um, and that we might grow and fulfill God's purposes for us in Sydenham and Forest Hill. And we enjoyed ice creams in the garden, and it was a wonderful celebration. And um, Anne White was with us. She was uh, sharing, she's from St. Peter's Broccoli, and she was just sharing um, a word from Ezra about uh, the restoration of the temple and how there's going to be a rebuilding of God's purposes here. And I shared a little about our vision of values. I gave a little overview on our vision and values. And uh, basically saying that we're here as a church not to do religion. Amen? We're not here to do religion. Uh, Jesus gave some of his strongest warnings about the dangers of religion. We're here for heaven. That's why we're here. We're here to pursue God's kingdom in Sydenham and in Forest Hill and into southeast London. Uh, Is there any sickness in heaven? No. So we're here to bring healing physical healing and emotional healing, spiritual, to bring wholeness, the wholeness of heaven in Sydenham and Forest Hill. Is there any poverty in heaven? No. So we're here to meet practical need, and we're here to be the hands and feet of Jesus in uh, bringing relief, bringing, being part of the solution to the deprivation and poverty that we see in Sydenham and Forest Hill. Uh, Is there any ignorance of Jesus and his love in heaven? No, so we're here to make Jesus known and to enable people to come and find faith in Jesus. That is why we're here. We're here for the kingdom of God. And I talked about being bold. One of our values as a church is that we are bold. We want to take risks. We believe we've got a big God who gives us big dreams. And so we want to see thousands in our community impacted through ministries running from this church. Every group represented In Sydenham and Forest Hill, we want to reach with the love of Jesus. Children, youth, uh, those who be reached for our compassion ministries. The Connection Cafe is just the start of that. Young adults, 18 to 30s, the elderly, parents, the list goes on. We want to reach everyone with the love of Jesus. And as I said, we want to make Jesus known. In the autumn, we're going to be running an Alpha course here and we'll be building a team. We'll be praying for that this term. So if you're interested in being part of that, do come and speak to me. But we want to see this church grow through conversions, really, not through transfer growth, because that what does that count for, really? We want to see the church grow through conversions. We want to see this building full. And I believe that within five years, we're going to be undergoing a substantial building project to make room for all the growth that we see as we pursue the kingdom. That is our vision. That is our dream. But my point this morning as we come to this passage is that this is only possible if every single one of us in this church gets to play. 
Every single one of us is in. You know, we're leaning in, we're serving, we're contributing, we're giving our gifts and passions and who we are to this church and to that vision. The problem is that in most churches, 20% of the people play and 80% spectate. And I think as a church, we're not far off that. 20% are doing the work, as it were, and serving, and then 80% kind of come and go and spectate. Why is this? What is it that stops many of us from really getting involved? Maybe we are out of the habit. We've kind of still, we're still living with the uh, aftermath of COVID. Perhaps our rhythms of life are kind of out of sync. Perhaps life still feels quite overwhelming. We're just out of habit of being involved in teams on church, in church. Maybe we feel too busy. You know, we've got responsibilities. We've all got stuff on. Maybe we've got work and life admin and, and parenting and a social life. And, you know, we want to go out for brunches in London. There's lots of avocado and egg on toast that we want to eat. And we want to see people. You know, we're busy. We're busy people. And it's easy for church just to kind of take a sideline and we kind of turn up when we can. Maybe we feel not good enough. We've believed the lie that says that serving is for proper Christians and so we feel that we might get exposed. People might find out what we're really like if we serve on team. Our cover will be blown, so it's easier to leave that for other people. Maybe we feel the opposite. Maybe we feel awkwardly a little bit too good to serve. I'm not going to ask for a show of hands for this one. But it's kind of saying that actually we've got more important things to put our time, our talent, our treasure to and we're happy for others to serve when it comes to church. All these reasons that we might have need to be overcome. The only caveat to that is that if you are here and you're checking out faith, you're exploring faith, you're not a Christian, then you are so welcome just to come and be. We want to be a church where you can belong before you believe. Uh, another caveat is that you've been burnt out by over-serving in church before. And you want to be wise in terms of what you sign up to. And then the third caveat is don't collapse your life into church. That would be a deeply unhealthy thing to do. Uh, may the Lord help us if the whole of our life is church. There's a beautiful world out there. There's a beautiful city out there to enjoy. So if you're someone who may find themselves here six days a week and we're not paying you, then there is a problem. Don't collapse your life into church. Apart from these reasons... Every other reason needs to be overcome. Why is that? Well, this brings us to our passage this morning. Amy read for us uh, 1 Corinthians 12, 12 to 27. If you've got a smartphone, can I encourage you to open up your Bible app and get that out? Um, there's some old-fashioned paper copies just by the welcome desk over there. And um, we're just going to look through that for a few moments. So Paul, in this passage, is writing to the church in Corinth about how the church works, really. Church dynamics. How the local church fulfills its purpose. And there's a lot of chat in this section of the letter around spiritual gifts. So there's a clue, really important for the life of the local church. There's a lot of chat around love. There's a clue, love is really important. And then here, Paul gives the image of a human body. Paul equates the church with a human body, specifically the body of Jesus. So he says in verse 27, Now you, 
Let's look around to one another. This is us. Now you are the body of Christ. And each one of you is part of it. Jesus is no longer present on earth in his body. Instead, we have the local church, that is us, which is the body of Christ. We are the hands and feet of Jesus. And we're here to do the stuff that Jesus did in the world today. We're here to continue the ministry of Jesus in Sydenham and Forest Hill today. God's plan for Sydenham and Forest Hill is right here in this building. You are the answer. That is what Paul is saying. And Paul makes a couple of important points as to why we should play and not spectate, why we all need to get involved. And the first one is this. Without you involved, our church is incomplete. Without you involved, our church is incomplete. Verse 17, Paul writes, If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? And if the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body. The point Paul is making is that the human body is made up of different parts, and that's what actually makes it work. If the whole body were an eye, no one would hear anything, and frankly, it would just be really weird. Um, if the whole body were an ear, we couldn't see anything. Difference is what makes our bodies work. Difference is a really, really good thing. And the same is true for the church. It's our difference, the different gifts and talents and personalities that we bring that actually make the thing work and that will allow us to achieve our vision. And yet, why is it that so often in the world and in our hearts, if we're honest, we allow difference to result in division? Have you noticed that? There's a natural instinct within us to go from us to us and them. If you look at the history of any nation, any people group, we, we as human beings seem to have this issue where we love to separate. And the history of the church, tragically, in many ways, has been one where it's been marked by division because we just can't cope with difference. But Paul is saying in the church, we're not to be like that. We're to celebrate our difference. Difference coming together to achieve its purpose in unity is a beautiful thing. And we're all wonderfully different as we gather here this morning. You don't need me to tell you that. We come from different backgrounds, different ethnicities, cultures, classes. Uh, We carry different skills and passions, different ages and stages. And all of that is a wonderful thing and something that I celebrate. I love as I look out at this church. And our difference is woven into creation. God made us all unique. Listen to David in Psalm 139, and he speaks of us being created as as if we were designed, uniquely designed. Psalm 139, verse 13, for you created my inmost being, he says. You knit me together in my mother's womb. We've not just come off the factory like a batch of many. We are uniquely knit together. I praise you because I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. Maybe you just need to hear that this morning. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. You are amazing. 
You are amazing. We are all like works of art. Not one of us is the same. And that's what makes life rich. Uh, Just to give a little illustration of this, my wife is a great cook. She has the gift of hospitality. Um, I do not. And uh, yesterday we went to uh, my mother-in-law's 70th birthday party. We had a barbecue and she made this amazing chocolate cake, three tiers. It was absolutely delicious. It looked incredible. Uh, Now, if I had been responsible for making the cake, things would have not gone as well. Because everyone was English, then probably no one would have said anything. But it was, it was, uh, it would have been terrible. I just want to show you a photo of the time I, temp- I attempted to make a cake. This was for Lydia's birthday, and I was actually a grown-up when I made this. I think I was like 30. That is absolutely shocking. It did actually taste a little bit better than it looked. But that was my attempt at making a chocolate cake. I do not have the gift of hospitality. So if that were to, I was to be relied on for that, things would not go well. We all have different gifts to bring. Difference is good in life. And it's also very good in the church, Paul says. Just as the body has different functions, every one of us in the church has different positions to play. We can remove that. It's really troubling, isn't it, to look at that. Just as a body without an eye or an ear would suffer, it it wouldn't be able to do everything it needs to do. It would suffer. So without your contribution in the church, this church will suffer. So let's come to some of those lies that stop us from taking part. What about the lie that we're not good enough to play? Verse 15 to 16, Paul says this. Now, if the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I don't belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being part of the body. So what Paul's really getting into here is that one of the reasons we think we're not good enough is because of comparison. Anybody relate to comparison? Anybody compare at all? You're all not going to admit that, are you? But we all do it. Let's be honest. We've all done this in church, haven't we? We look at people we admire or are talented and we compare. We might look over here and we might see administrative Andrea and we think how amazing Andrea is. She's incredible with spreadsheets. She's always so organized. I'm nothing like that. Therefore, why should I bother getting involved? Or we might look in this direction and we see hospitable Hannah And we see how amazing she is at cooking and making people feel welcome. And we think, I'm not like hospitable Hannah. I can't get involved. Or maybe we look over here, we see muscly Matt. And we think, oh, Matt is just so strong. I'm nothing like Matt. Why would I bother to get involved? Come on, we all do it, don't we? We all do it in all walks of life. Social media isn't the most helpful for that. As a church leader, I can get into this as well. Uh, At my last church, I had the privilege of working with some great leaders. Um, And uh, there was a senior pastor and associate that I worked with, a guy called Mark Mellowish and then Chris Fox. And uh, I could look at Mark and I could think, you know, Mark was quite well known. He was a kind of conference speaker, uh, traveled a lot, and he was a brilliant storyteller. And I could look at Mark speaking and leading in different places and think, oh, he's so brilliant at telling stories. and Everyone's always laughing and he's a fantastic leader. He's built up this church over so many years. I'm never going to be like Mark, so why should I bother? Or Chris, I'd look at Chris and he was a real extrovert. 
He was always in conversation, always chatting, very good with people. And I could say, I'm, I'm nothing like that. I'm never going to be as good at uh, chatting and, and being that kind of charismatic personality in the room as Chris. So why should I bother? And then I hear the voice of the Lord say, well, why don't you just be a brilliant Ben? Hmm? How about that? Why don't you just run your own race and you be the best Ben that you can be? Don't worry about being a marvelous Mark or a charismatic Chris. You be a brilliant Ben. And the Lord would say that to you as well. But obviously not Ben, your own name. So we don't compare. But what about the lie that we're too good to play? Verse 21, Paul says this, The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. So it's a prideful attitude that's coming out here. And the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. He's talking about a heart that stops us from joining in because we're actually judging others. And we don't want to be around others who are different. Just because people are different and in community, we'll find people annoying. That's just kind of reality. We will find people in the church, in any group of uh, people that we're with, at work, whatever it is, we will find people annoying. But Paul is saying, just because you find them different, perhaps you, you, you find them annoying, don't think of them as less. This is extremely worldly. This is wrong. This is not kingdom. So I wonder what the lie you might naturally gravitate towards would be. Is it the lie of insignificance? I'm not good enough to take part. Or is it the lie of judgment? The truth is in verse 18. But in fact, God has placed all the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wants them to be. So the first thing Paul wants us to know is that without you, the church is incomplete, just as like the body without an ear would be incomplete. So kill comparison, kill pride, and get involved. The second thing Paul wants us to know is why we can get involved. And he says, this essentially, that we belong to the church because of Jesus. None of us qualifies ourselves to be here. We're on a level playing field because it's all about Jesus. And he picks this up in verses 12 to 14. He says, just as a body, though one has many parts, but all its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. For we were all baptized by one spirit as to form one body whether Jew or Gentile, slave or free, that is, whatever we can kind of bring to the table of our own merits, we are all given the same one spirit to drink. Even so, the body is not made up of one, but of many. You do not qualify yourself to belong to the church. We are qualified by Jesus. Paul picks up a similar theme in Ephesians 2, uh, where he says it's by grace that you've been saved through faith. This isn't from yourselves. It is the gift of God. It's not by work. So no one can boast. For we are God's handiwork, created in Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. We are saved by grace. No one can boast. No one can say, I'm better than you. And we've been saved for a purpose. We are, the word Paul uses is handiwork. Imagine a master craftsman. Uh, creating an object for a particular purpose, a blacksmith perhaps. And then we get this baptism image. You've been baptized by one spirit, Paul says. We go down into the water and we drown to the old way of thinking, 
of pride, of comparison as we look at other people. And we come up washed clean by Jesus and we emerge as indispensable parts of the body of Christ. We're resurrected, but we're still unique, ready to play our part in the church. And then how is this worked out? Verses 23 and 24. And so the parts that we think are less honorable, we treat with special honor. And the parts that are unpresentable, we treat with special modesty. That's those people in the world's eyes, when we think of less, we actually elevate more. And our presentable parts, those who seem impressive in the world's eyes, are given no special treatment. The less honorable are treated with special honor, unpresentable with special honor, presentable with no special treatment. This is life in the kingdom of God. This is what is to characterize our church. It's a deeply countercultural way of being community together. So how do we feel this? How do we feel this life? Well, verse 13, Paul says, we've been given the spirit to drink. When you are thirsty and your favorite drink is in front of you, what do you do? You down it and you ask for some more. This is the same attitude that we are to have in the local church. We drink the Spirit. We're fueled by the Spirit. It's the Spirit that brings the fruits of the Spirit, right? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. It's what allows us to be community together. And it's how we reflect Jesus. It's kind of like the oil that makes things work. We need more of the Spirit. And then the Spirit brings gifts to allow us to be the hands and feet of Jesus. Things like the gift of, and he goes on to list them, and he lists them in other places as well. The gift of prophecy, the gift of leadership, the gift of helping, the gift of administration. Many different gifts that the Spirit gives so that we can fulfill our purpose. To see heaven come, to see the church alive, to see Sydenham and Forest Hill transformed. The population of Forest Hill is about 15,000, I think, and the, the population of Sydney is about the same. So together, we've got a remit of about 30,000 people. So if we were to reach just 10%, then we would be a church of 3,000. Just think about that for a moment. So how can we get involved? How can we play our part? And I just want to say, I realize that many people in this church give an enormous amount of time to serving, and we are so incredibly grateful. You are amazing, and we want to honor you today. But how can we practically respond? Could we just have that slide up, Nick? Is that all right? Um, so there are different areas of the church where we're looking for volunteers uh, at the moment. Uh, Sunday children's team. So that would be working with sparklers or blast off. They'll be training. Um, and uh, there's a kind of rhythm, there's a rotor that you'd be on, um, and uh, if you're interested in being part of that, then do speak to Rachel. We'd love to, to have you as part of that. We're also going to have, just to say, today we've got a, a table at the back. There's an opportunity to sign up there as well. Uh, Sunday youth team as well. We're looking for team for that. Uh, welcome and hospitality um, on a Sunday. The production team. Uh, so that's um, doing everything to make the kind of stuff that happens at the front happen smoothly, sound, visuals. I'm encouraged, I'm guided by Nick, that you need no prior qualification. All the training will be provided for you. Okay, if I could do it, you can do it. Okay, so uh, we're going to have some training evenings for the production coming up. 
maybe that's something you'd be able to do. Uh, midweek, love Sydenham Forest Hills, so that's things like our families ministry, baby groups, uh, the Connection Cafe, and as we grow, more and more things will be part of that. Maybe you've got a bit of time midweek that you could give, or maybe there's a dream on your heart for a ministry to start, and you could fill that in. Um, so there are some opportunities to give. But why don't we just um, give some time? Why don't we just stand for a moment and uh, just invite the Spirit to come and just speak to us as to how we might play our part in the vision that we hold as a church. So Holy Spirit, we love you. We thank you for your presence here. And we just welcome you now afresh. Come, Holy Spirit. And I pray you would speak to us, speak to us in this moment about how we are to respond. Just ask for the Spirit's guidance. Is there anything you want me to do to play my part in this? How could I contribute? How could I serve? Is there, are there any of those areas that I could help out in.